And welcome into another episode of Turning the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. I am Kieran Steckley. With me, as always, he's your local beat writer for The Athletic, and his idea of a job growth policy is the universal DH. He is Cody Stavenhagen. Cody, how you doing? That's a great one. That's your best one yet. Why are pitchers hitting? And yeah, think think of all the jobs that are going to be created when we have a universal DH. Excellent idea. I love it. You know, in economics, they talk about opportunity cost, and uh, there's not really an opportunity cost. To no, pitchers are going to lose their jobs. They won't. They're it's, still uh, going to have their primary function. You know, it's not like electronics taking away clerks, like then the clerk doesn't exist. No, the pitcher's mm-hmm. still going to exist. Yeah. You could call it a no-brainer. And, uh, and you know, you've not been shy about, A, on this podcast talking about it, and then watching um, National League games, especially in the playoffs, just being like, what are we doing here? What is let's this? Let's, let's sing Gratterall up to bat and then take him out of the game. I get you're trying to save your bench or whatever. That was ridiculous. No manager should have to even consider such an asinine decision in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Let's have this guy stand up here, take some strikes, uh, or maybe show bunt, and then not put him back out on the mound. Just a waste of everyone's time. Ridiculous. Uh, the, the, the GOAT will always be Pedro. Pedro, when he came up to bat, <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he was just relieving himself for lack of a better term he would just kind of stand up there and wait his three pitches and head back to the mound thanks for the exercise you know <laughs> but uh with the i figured that was topical because uh, the world series will be well underway by the time uh this publishes um we're gonna see the astros pitchers having the having the bad and see how the uh how the braves handle having an extra hitter and so it got me thinking, so this century, the Tigers have had a couple teams make the World Series. Unfortunately, neither had a particularly great showing uh, in 06 or in 2012. And I think anyone objective and also anyone who uh, who's a fan who remembers would probably say the 13 team was probably the best team in recent memory, and the 14 team might be top, they're for sure top five. I mean, that was a good squad that just didn't have it against Baltimore uh, in the in the DS there. But that's how baseball goes sometimes. So the 2006 squad will always hold a special place in my heart because that was the first good Tigers team that I uh that I remember that I remember like watching clipping out articles and uh and having like an emotional attachment to the team that you know Curtis Granderson was one of my first favorite players you know all that stuff so I thought it'd be fun to revisit the opening not opening but the first game game one starting lineups for each of those two teams and just Maybe assess who, uh, which team was better. Which team of those two Tigers World Series teams was better? So, we'll start with 2006. So it's it's going to be slightly different because in 12 they start out in San Francisco, so no DH. But but for the intents and purposes of this exercise, we'll be fine. So the starting lineup for Game One in 2006. Pulling it up. Curtis Granderson in center field. 
our boy Craig Monroe in left. Nice little two-hole spot for them there. Uh, second baseman, Placidio Polanco. Right fielder, Maglio Ordonez. First baseman, Carlos Guillen. Not uh, Sean Casey as it was in other games. Ivan Rodriguez at catcher, which was a lot lower in the lineup than I would associate looking back. I always kind of figured him at that time was like a 3-4 guy, but at that time he was a little bit older than we realized, and he was batting uh, 6th. Then Sean Casey at DH. Our boy Ramon Santiago started at shortstop because Guillen moved in the first base. Shout out Ramon Santiago, friend of the podcast. Oh, and I, I'm sorry, I skipped the spot. Brandon Inge at third was in the eight hole. There we go. So, love Curtis there. He was a rookie. Craig Monroe, that was probably peak Craig Monroe. That was about as, as effective as he was that season. Um, I always remember him having the sweet right-handed swing that if you hung a slider and you're a right-handed pitcher, that was going to end up in the bullpen. He, he, he always seemed to attack breaking balls. Um, better than most. Polanco was probably one of the more underrated players uh, of that generation of Tigers because he was just like so steady, sort of like I could kind of think of him similar to a Robbie Grossman or a um, Jonathan Scope just because they're just steady, good players that may not be flashy, but you feel really good about them being in your lineup. Obviously, Maglio was Maglio. Guillen, um, really nice player. And uh, Sean Casey was a midseason trade that year, and he turned out to be a, uh, a a really great move for the Tigers. The starting pitcher that day was Justin Verlander in his rookie year. Relief pitchers included Jason Grilly, <laughs> Fernando Rodney, Will Ledesma, Jamie Walker, and Todd Jones. So, obviously, that's a while ago, Cody. Do you have any recollection of the 2006 team? Uh, yeah, I do. I remember that World Series well, and I remember that was kind of, I, I think, the first time, you know, being, I mean, I guess I wasn't super young then, but that was the first time I was really in tune with uh, Jim Leland and who he was, and I remember just being kind of fascinated with Leland throughout that World Series. So, um, obviously, wasn't a Tigers fan, didn't follow that team throughout the year, so some of these guys, you kind of forget how good they were, how good Carlos Guillen was, especially if I didn't follow the team day-to-day. The guy hit 320 with 19 homers that year. Um, some other guys who were maybe not these all-star type names, but just had really strong years. And that, that was the thing about this team, I think. It just had a kind of a solid backbone and no glaring weaknesses, and that kind of carried them, obviously, all the way to the World Series. Yeah, and they just, even though they... They had the veterans like Pudge and Ordonez and Guillen. They just felt like such a... Maybe because the Tigers were good for the first time in years. They just felt so youthful. Like Even like Kenny Rogers, to a certain extent, just kind of felt like youthful because they were a part of this team that was, like I said, good for the first time in a long time and had... Justin Verlander and Curtis Granderson and some other guys that kind of gave the franchise new faces. Uh, that was the year where Jim Leland, halfway through the season, a little bit more than halfway through the season, uh, said the famous quote about, like, you know, people want to buy playoff tickets. And he's like, well, I smoke cigarettes with filters on them. Uh, people who are talking about playoffs right now probably smoke cigarettes that don't have filters on them. 
<laughs> and I have loved that quote ever since. One of our one of our great failings, we thought about having like a segment called Filtered Cigarettes where we would just like dismiss ridiculous takes. We never really did that this year. We we might have to, especially this off season, things are already starting to get slow. We might have to bring a weekly filtered cigarettes um segment to the pod. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I I, I think we I just wanted to get our our feet underneath us before it seemed, people thought maybe we were promoting big tobacco. So I, I just didn't want to. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't want to get too ahead. This is of not an endorsement there. of smoking. In fact, smoking is bad. You should not do it. Very bad for your health. Yep. Check the Surgeon General warning. So, the 2012 team also have a couple surprises in there. So again, this is in San Francisco. So there's not going to be a DH, but it's not hard to figure out who their DH is. Uh, Austin Jackson and center, obviously involved in that Curtis Granderson uh, trade to the Yankees, the the prime return. Omar Infante at second, who was in his second stint with the team. Miguel Cabrera, third baseman Miguel Cabrera, batting third. Prince Fielder, Delman Young in left, who obviously was the DH for all intents and purposes. Johnny Peralta at shortstop. Uh, and little Miggy in right field, Avisiel Garcia. Uh, wow. It, very, very young. Started game one of the World Series. See, I didn't, I didn't remember I didn't that he that. did that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Alex Avila at catcher, and then uh, Justin Verlander, who went a whopping 0 for 1 with a strikeout, uh, batted in Shocker. the hole. <laughs> Uh, other guys who came in, Danny Worth pinch hit for uh, Verlander at one point. Al Albuquerque, uh, who, you know, you better hope you took your cholesterol pills when he came into the game <laughs> in a clutch situation. Quentin Barry, um, also Barry. a pinch hitter of that. Uh, Joaquin Benoit pitched in that game, as did Parcello. And uh, Jose Valverde pitched in that game. And you know who else was a pinch hitter? Our boy Ramon Santiago. He's he is a lifelong tiger. Uh, Are are he and Verlander the only guys who are on both teams? Am I forgetting someone else? Let me double check that because I do believe that to be correct. Um, Which and doing this off the top of my head, I don't believe Ramon was concurrently a tiger the entire time i do believe he had left and come back but um someone would probably fact check me and call me an idiot for thinking that um uh, yeah i'm about to fact check you you're, you're he had gone to the mariners in 04 and 05 but from 06 to 13 he was a tiger he was ah, okay he was concurrently you know his mariners tenure came a little bit before that ramon santiago fun fact the only player to hit a walk-off grand slam and then a final at bat. That is a fun fact. That is a really fun mm-hmm. fact. He did that and... with the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. And now he's a uh, a cross managerial coach. I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of respect for coaches who can sell themselves on multiple managers, you know, because every coach that comes in wants to bring in their That's own true. guys. Yeah. And Ramon's done a good enough job that AJ is wanting to keep him around. So you you got you got a hot you got a hot take. Which which team was better? 
by the way, the the Scherzer and Purcello when this were in Fister were in the pitching uh, rotation for that twelve squad. Forever that's worth. Yeah, I don't know if I'm biased just because I remember the twelve team so much more because it was more recent, but. I got to go with the 12 team. I just think you had, especially if you're talking like a seven game series, you just had more elite hitters. You had Miggy, you had Prince Fielder, you had Austin Jackson. Even your, you look at the pitching staff, Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, Fister. You had these power pitchers pretty much in their primes. Uh, look, it, it's kind of crazy to me that that team only won 88 games, whereas the 2006 Tigers won 95 games. Uh, that team's lineup had a 99 OPS plus, and that's kind of the thing that stands out to me when I look at this lineup. It's like, how did this team score runs? But then you forget, like I mentioned, well, uh, Placido Polanco was a 295 hitter. You know, uh, Craig Monroe hit 28 home runs that year. They got strong contributions from a lot of guys, despite not necessarily having these elite level talents. Probably with uh, with the exception of Pudge Rodriguez. So I'm going to take the 2012 Tigers. I think they just have more pop. I think they uh, they they have a overall better pitching rotation. Now the bullpen on that team, obviously, kind of the bullpen tended to be the downfall of the Tigers of the 2010s. I would say I kind of like the makeup of this 06 bullpen a little bit more, um, a lot more. You got Todd Jones, Joel Zamaya, Fernando Rodney. That those three guys right there are pretty dang good. I'm still taking the 2012 Tigers. Yeah, I I, I also tried to fight that uh, that implicit bias there because the top level talent was just better on the 12 team, um, and even if you go down the pitching staff, I mean it's not particularly close. And um, you know maybe if they had Vmart that year, he didn't tear his ACL. You know they 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 maybe maybe that can yeah. put them over the top. But then again, you know we talk about dominoes like, but then you probably don't sign Prince Fielder and you know and then the next year you had all those guys and you kind of ran into the emotional Boston strong buzzsaw, uh, and so, you know that baseball can be very unfair sometimes and those teams feel like they were miles apart from each other, and yet. We're going on 10 years and really not anything remotely close to that level of success <laughs> since that 2012 yeah, sure. team. So uh, base, being a baseball fan can, can be very hard sometimes. They can make for some long summers, but uh, the payoff is great. I'll, I'll never get tired of watching uh, watching the video slash listening to the the Dan Dickerson audio of of Ordonez's home run to send the Tigers to the World Series. I'll never get old, in my opinion. I remember watching that with my father in our living room and, you know, just how exciting that was. So, Also, that 2006 team, kind of at the forefront of this uh, sticky substance stuff. Remember, Kenny Rogers got in trouble for having some stuff oh, on his hands. Oh, yeah, that's right. So uh, they were ahead of their time <laughs> in a certain way. I, when I think Kenny Rogers, I always think of him shoving the cameraman and like breaking his camera when he's with the Rangers. It's legendary. Yep, and he was an all-star that year. The all-star game was at Comerica Park, and he got booed. And then the next year, he signs with the Tigers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what a guy. What a story indeed. So, all right. Uh, we, we teased that we were going to do a little fun game. Um, 
for this as obviously uh, storylines are a little bit we're in a little bit of a valley for storylines and hopefully if some collective bargaining can get some momentum we'll be able to um, have some dates to look at and be able to talk about things in a timely fashion things like free agency you're writing about them now because it's important for people to uh, to know the names to know the scenarios to know who's available and and how well they've done the past couple of years but uh, that's why I said last week you got to bookmark them because uh, we don't really know when you're going to need that information. Uh, yeah, if, if there's a work stoppage, I might just write all this over again in March. There's some rumblings that came out this week about the possibility of winter meetings being canceled, kind of the, the uh, word leaked that there hasn't been much progress in a new CBA they have until December 1st, the league and the players' union to come to an agreement. Uh, there's still a month. A lot can happen. You're probably going to hear a lot of rumors, but we're now to the point where we're talking about it and the early indications are not great. Little PSA for people uh, that maybe don't know how a lot of topical journalism works. If uh, When you see an anonymous sourced story, think to yourself, who benefits from this information getting out there? Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of tell who's feeding who what information. And that's not to say anyone who does anonymous source stories like that is doing anything wrong. Quite the opposite. They're putting the information out there. But they're at the mercy of who will give them the information. So uh, just always keep that in mind whenever you see something like that. And if it's something that favors the owners, and they got the owners here. If it's something that favors the players, they got the players here. So... So everybody keep that in mind. So we're going to do a little game I'm going to call Trust Fund. And basically, it's kind of simple. I'm just going to list a guy on the 40-man roster. Have you been watching Succession, Kieran? The new season of Succession is great. So I don't know if you're referencing that or Chris Illich or what, but we're calling it Trust Fund. Yes, well, no, I have not been watching it. Yes, I do mean to get into it, but uh, I, I came up with this one kind of on my own. Uh, I just I just felt the name was fitting, Trust Fund. So I'm going to go down the 40-man roster. I'm just going to say the player's name, and Cody's going to tell me whether he trusts him or not. And it's kind of up. Cody's got the jurisdiction to you know, say, like, I trust him for this, or no, I don't trust him at all, or yes, whatever role he gets put in, he's going to do well. And... and and we'll just kind of move right along. It's 40 guys, kind of a lot of guys. So uh, you ready to go, Cody? Ready for this? Yeah, right, we'll we'll, uh, we'll go pitchers first. And this is a guy that we've talked about before, and I think you have favorable opinions of. Tyler Alexander, trust or no? I would trust Tyler Alexander with my life. Guy throws strikes. I mean, he throws strikes. I've said, let's have this guy as the fifth starter. Uh, but, you know, last year, I don't know if I would have said that, but I've seen Tyler Alexander for an extended time now, and he just throws strikes, and he's effective, and he's not flashy. You know, I think every team needs a guy like that. Big-time trucks. Known commodity. That's, that's big. So next on the list, Matthew Boyd. Do you trust him? Oof. Probably one of the hardest ones we're going to get. I, 
I, I got to say no. I mean, especially I don't trust Matt Boyd with a, a, toy, a torn flexor tendon. Uh, I believe in Matthew Boyd's talent, but on any given day, do I really trust him to go out and give you a quality start? Not right now, not at this point in his career. And that, that hurts me to say, cause Matt's a, a great guy, but, uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, definitely one of the more interesting storylines for the Tigers is, uh, what that resolution ends up being, uh, trust or no Drew Carlton. No, good story, but probably doesn't have much of a future in the big leagues. A guy who still, I think, is a little bit under the radar um, in terms of just how effective and important he can be, uh, Jose Cisnero. Absolutely trust him. Absolutely, I think he's under the radar. Surprised more teams were not banging down the door trying to acquire him at the trade deadline, given he's... uh, you know, he's in his 30s, and as much as it's great for the Tigers to have him around next year, you know, is he really going to be pitching at this level in three more years? I don't know, but I absolutely trust Jose Cisnero. Very, very effective vacuum relief pitcher. Left-handed pitcher Miguel Del Ponzo. Del Pozo. Del Pozo. I put that in uh, myself. We're, we're going we're gonna to have to hold you a little more accountable on these names, Kieran. Last week, we got joe burrows which is amazing yes and it's the best uh you know the best thing that, that that's like the better version of bo burrows i the guess funny thing joe is burrows. like literally two senses later i said bo burrows so i just like i uh-huh. i just had it yeah. back to back there it's, <laughs> it's, it's crossing crossing my burrows <laughs> uh no i don't trust miguel del pozo decent organizational depth type guy but but that's about it i also want an opinion on this guy's hair alex Fiedo. You know, I want to trust him, but I've been looking at his hair, and he's spent too much time in Lakeland. He looks like a true Florida man now. I don't, I don't know how I can trust him after that. Um, in all seriousness, really interested to see Fiedo pitch next spring to see what he can do under Chris Vetter's tutelage. Is this a guy who could still have a lot of upside, or is he going to end up profiling more as a long reliever? We really don't know. We need to see the guy off a mound before we can make that judgment. Hopefully, he gets a haircut in the meantime. Unfortunately, patience is going to be the key with him, um, you know, still coming off that mm-hmm. injury and then just no real innings, uh, you know, pitch in, in a while. So he's going to, it's going to take him a while, I would say, to, to get back into the fold. But uh, Jason Foley. You know what? I trust Jason Foley. I think he's still on the rise, but I think he has really good stuff. If he can make a little progress this offseason, look for Jason Foley to be next year's version of Kyle Funkhauser. All right. Well, since you brought him up, we'll skip a guy and come back. Kyle Funkhauser. Kyle Funkhauser. Uh, Yeah, let's just say I got to trust a guy who was out with some people once, and Kyle Funkhauser ended up Venmoing the group for shots. So I got to trust Kyle Funkhauser. And on top of that, guy had a very good year. Ball, I've always liked baller move, so. baller move. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the concept of him doing that. This one's easy. Michael Fulmer. I trust him. I think the Tigers need to keep him in the bullpen. Don't even mess with it, uh, which seems to be their plan. And when you let Fulmer come out of the pen with some adrenaline pumping, I definitely trust him. Rony Garcia. No, I never liked him, even as the Rule 5 pick, kind of a pitchability guy. He missed all this year with injury. 
you know, maybe he'll be a decent long relief spot starter type guy next year, but I just I just don't think he brings a lot to the table that opens my eyes. What about Brian Garcia? No, I don't. Uh, same thing, like just pitchability. It's kind of amazing to me that this guy was ever considered a closer because he just doesn't have closer stuff. Had a tough year. Maybe we'll see if he bounces back, but kind of one of the few guys in the organization that pitchers that didn't seem to make progress this year. And if you don't make progress with this group of coaches, that that worries me. The man with an awesome nickname and uh, bet on himself with a big championship-style belt, Derek Holland. Uh, I love Derek Holland. Great interview. Loved him when he was with the Rangers. But, you know, he's far past his prime. And let's just say I've spent too much time uh, looking at his Instagram stories to fully trust the guy. If you don't know what that means, you can go check out Derek Collins' Instagram stories for there yourself. There you go. There's, a, there's the plug we didn't expect. Uh, <laughs> a guy who came up uh, this year, Drew Hutchinson. You know, unsung hero, uh, along with Willie Peralta, it was kind of unnoticed how good Drew Hutchinson was there down the stretch. Uh, still doesn't mean I really trust him. I, I don't know that I would bring him back to the roster next season, so I'm going to go no. Yeah, I think probably some people just remember that first outing he had when he got called up and yeah. sort of forget that he was able to kind of right the ship there. But it happens. Uh, here's an interesting one. Joe Jimenez. Oh, man. Uh, I like Joe. I like his stuff. Trust is not the word you want to use for Joe because he's just so hit or miss. You never know if you're going to get good Joe who's throwing upper 90s with a wipeout slider. Or if you're going to get bad Joe, who's walking guys and giving up bombs, by the very definition, you just can't trust him. That's why he was kind of removed from A.J. Hinch's winning bullpen this past year. Yeah, very fair. Ian Kroll. Uh, no, I don't trust him. It was cool that he made the roster and got to pitch in the big leagues a little bit. As the Tigers evolve and get a little bit better here, I think they can upgrade over Mr. Kroll. How about one Alex Lang? Um, this is an interesting one. I'm, I'm going to go no, and that's not because I don't think Alex Lang is really good. I'm, I'm just going to mix up how we're playing this game here. I think Alex Lang has a very, very bright future. Could be a great relief pitcher for the Tigers. I think his command can still just be too inconsistent at times, even though he had a very strong second half of the season. He's still ironing some things out. And I think he might just have a terrific year next year. But until I see it on a little more of a consistent basis, I don't trust him just yet. How about Mr. Mr. Good-looking with a diamond earring, Matt Manning? Well, I, I don't trust him, and it's not because of the earring. It's because we got to see you be able to throw three good pitches. Matt hasn't quite put that together yet. I kind of trust that one day he will, but for now, I don't trust Matt Manning. Not yet. How about Casey Mize? Big trust in Casey Mize. I think he's only going to get better. Interested to see what this offseason does. We brought this up last week, but his underlying metrics not being very good is still kind of puzzling to me. Uh, I trust him regardless. I'm going against my my analytical bent there, and I'm going to trust Casey Mize to 
that the numbers are going to uh, kind of rise, and he's going to have a very good year next year. What about year. his numbers twin, Willie Peralta? See, here we go. I'm a hypocrite. They have very similar underlying metrics. I don't trust Willie Peralta. I think he's a prime candidate for regression. I think unless he's willing to sign on the cheap, cheap, uh, the Tigers don't even need to bring him back despite uh, all the good work he did for them this year. How about Nivaldo Rodriguez? have to be honest, I've never seen Nivaldo Rodriguez pitch in person. I don't really know. And therefore, you know, it's like if you meet someone for the first time, do you automatically trust them? Uh, you kind of got to earn my trust a little bit. So for now, Nivaldo, I don't trust you. How about Mr. Scoobull, comma, Tarek? Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. If you compare it to Lang, like, do I trust Scoobull every time he gets the ball? Not necessarily. Uh, I think he's my favorite pitcher on this roster in terms of the guys I like to watch. But he can still have outings where he just doesn't have the command, the pitch count rises. I don't trust him day in and day out. I would like to think that after a full off season, after a little more work with Chris Vetter, by May of next year, we can absolutely say everyone trusts Tarek Skubal in a big way. So for now, no. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like how uh, this is. These are real grades here, people. This is not. Oh, I kind of like them. So no, no, you're you're being real. Right. That's not how we. That's, that's not how we that's do. Not how we do. Gregory Soto. So Gregory Soto is a guy that last year I probably would have said love his stuff, but I don't quite trust him yet. After what he did this year, I trust him now. Julio Teheran. Uh, he's not going to be on this roster much longer, and I do not trust him. <laughs> he's listed, so we got to talk about him. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do. He is technically still on the forty-man. Uh, well, he's actually on the sixty-day IL, which means he doesn't count toward the forty-day roster. But he's on the web page, so you know. <laughs> same, uh, same sort of category. Uh, Spencer Turnbull. Man, doesn't his no-hitter feel like it was like five years yeah, ago? Lifetime. Uh, poor Spencer. Um, you know, that injury was really tough for him. I, up until that injury, I absolutely trusted him, thought he was blossoming into a very good and underrated across the league starting pitcher. If, if we consider the fact he's having Tommy John, will I trust Spencer Turnbull the next time we see him pitch, which is going to be – 2023 not right off the bat so for now gotta go no so jose urania kind of an interesting tale this season too another guy whose like role in the team felt like a million years ago and then you know we didn't hear from him for a while and he just was kind of making spot appearances no i don't trust him i feel like i need some sort of refund like hours tacked back <laughs> onto my life for some of the uh High pitch count Urania outings I watched beginning in spring training, carry on, carrying on throughout the season. Don't trust him. Don't think he'll be back. All right, rounding out the pitchers, Joey Wentz. Uh, along with Fiedo, really interested to see where Joey Wentz is at. I did see Wentz uh, pitch in Erie once this season. Definitely had the look of a guy who is still giving his feel back after Tommy John surgery. Don't trust him just yet. All right, let's go to the backstop, Dustin Garneau. This is a fun one. I trust Dustin Garneau. If, if you think about the definition, what do you want from your catcher? I want a guy who's going to go back there, play solid defense, call a good game, 
you know, maybe every now and then hit the ball out of the park or something. I, I think Dustin Garneau checks those boxes. I think he was a calm presence when we got to see him toward the back end of this season. I hope the Tigers bring him back and let him compete with Eric Haas for a uh, major league roster spot. Yeah, definitely a breath of fresh air when we were talking about godsends last week. Uh, he would be in that category, too, of a guy who was able to kind of stabilize an unstable position. Uh, Grayson Griner. I don't trust Grayson Griner. Uh, same thing we were talking about with Garneau. I think he's a tick worse defensively. Uh, I think his pitch sequencing is not near at the same level. And, you know, he, he does have a little thump in his bat, but we've seen him for parts of like four years now, and he just doesn't do much at the plate. I don't trust Grayson Griner. One of the best stories of the year, Mr. Eric Haas. I don't trust Eric Haas. I guess that makes Woo! me a hater. I know I'm going to break a lot Woo-hoo! of the fans' hearts. Man, his defense down the stretch was very bad. He only hit four home runs over the final two months of the season. I think uh, the big league game kind of caught up to him. I love the guy's swing. I love his story. But, man, I, I, I really don't like Haas behind the plate. Runners really liked to, uh, to take off when he was back there, too. I, I don't quite have that trust in him. We still don't, I mean, I don't envy Al and AJ for trying to navigate this catcher situation. I, I definitely think that's going to be probably one of the more frustrating aspects of the offseason is figuring out what to do, in part because of this guy, Jake Rogers. Yeah, I spent some time writing about the catcher position. Uh, it'll be a, a story that's out on The Athletic by the time this podcast uh, goes live, and I don't know what the Tigers should do either. They can't sign Tucker Barnhart or Mike Zunino. I don't know. Uh, glad I don't have to make that decision. I do trust Jake Rogers. Even though it was a small sample, um, he, he showed me that he was a catcher who could handle the game. I would trust him more if he shaved the mustache. It is a little hard to trust a guy with that mustache. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, all right, so uh, infielders. This one could go in, in a couple different directions. Miguel Cabrera. Ooh. All right, how are we defining trust here from the infield? Uh, I want a guy who can play good defense. Miguel's not terrible, but he's far from a plus defender. And I want a guy who I know. I, I want Jamer Candelario, who we're going to do next. Jamer Candelario, consistent. You trust him. You know what? There have been a lot of ebbs and flows with Miguel. His career is amazing. It's awesome getting the Chronicle, his 500th homer. Next year's 3,000th hit. But in terms of do I really trust him at, at even at the plate? I, I just don't. I just don't can't quite do it. He didn't earn a lot more respect from me this year from mm-hmm. uh, coming overcoming his slump. I and, do agree with that, yeah. And uh, and I and again, I think if you could get that next year, maybe the year after. I mean, I you'd be happy, but it's not. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a franchise pillar. He's not a franchise pillar anymore. So that's that's what happens. Uh, Jamer Candelario. Big time trust can't can no longer deny Jamer Candelario seems to always have a good at bat. Even he he never went more than three consecutive games without a hit all year. Ultra consistent, plays a decent third base. <laughs> Got to trust the guy. Yeah, one of the, one of the guys I'm really glad to see uh, 
done as well as he has. Uh, here's a tough one for you, Willie Castro. Is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't trust him. <laughs> How about his brother Harold Castro? Oh, all right. Well, if it's a pinch hit and you need in the ninth inning and you need someone to hit a single. I'm with A.J. Hinch, and I trust Harold Castro, man. No one does it better. Overall, Harold Castro, not a very valuable player to the team. But uh, I guess I trust Harold, man. He gives you he gives you a good at bat, and he can hit a single. I hope he's not on this roster in two more years, and the Tigers upgrade uh, a little better hitter, you know, a guy with a little more pop in the bat, a little better defender. But for now... I can know I, I can't say I don't trust him. Good blowout game relief pitcher. And the best ERA on the Tigers pitching staff. Let us not forget. <laughs> uh a guy that I think both of us had high hopes for, but it's just it's just not there. Uh Nico Goodrum. Yeah, don't don't trust him. I I really liked Nico for a few years, but uh just hasn't come together. I wouldn't be surprised if he's non tendered coming up soon. Regardless, I, I don't quite have trust in Nico Goodrum. Next up is someone who uh, just recently we found out he's able to ink a nice little deal in Mexico, Isak Paredes. Do you trust him? I would have said I trust him because I like him. I believe in him. I like his actions as a player, his swing. But the guy did what I didn't want him to do, and he's going to play in Mexico. And he's not going to benefit from hitting 380 against 86 mile an hour pitching in Mexico. He needs to get in the weight room. He needs to get on a rigorous conditioning program and totally transform his body and spend some time altering his swing, not playing against inferior competition. For that decision alone, I, man, I don't trust him. Yeah, decisions have consequences, you know. Uh, Jonathan Scope. Um, I do trust Jonathan Scope. Yeah, he's you know not quite as consistent as a Jamer Candelario, but you look at his career, a consistent, solid performer. Not flashy, but he does hit for some power. When he's allowed to play his actual position of second base, he's a really good defender. I trust Jonathan Scope for sure. And rounding out the infield, Zach Short. No, can't quite trust him just yet. I mean, his at-bats were pretty ugly this year. I, I do like him in the field a lot still. I think he can continue to be a valuable utility player in this organization, but can't really say I trust him until he cuts down his swing a little bit. All right, moving on to the outfield, I think this is going to be fun. Next, uh, First up, Oof. Akil Badu. I, ooh, you're killing me here. This is a tough one. Uh, love the Akil Badu story. Love Akil Badu, the guy, the baseball player. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I don't know. I'm just going to say I trust him. And I might change my mind on that tomorrow because I don't know if he can hit lefties. I don't think he's a very good defensive outfielder. But again, my thing was, are you getting good at bats every time you're up? And I think Akil Badu does that. I think he has a very good plate approach. I think even when he was facing lefties, when he was totally overwhelmed after not playing high A, he gave you good, tough at-bats every time. And even when he went through some slumps, he was able to break out of those, had a productive year. So I'm going to say I trust him. And I think that's 
you know, generally speaking, worth noting that uh, he's still far, as fun as it was, he's still far from a finished product, yeah. still far from having a guaranteed role. Um, very important offseason uh, for him to prove that he is that player and then some to be able to get better. Because, you know, still, what, 23 years old? Did he turn mm-hmm. 23 yet? Uh, so uh, there is still time for him, but this, it was no in no way, shape, or form a year that you just kind of ride out and say, like, yeah, I made it. And he knows that. We're not telling him anything he doesn't know. So Daz Cameron. I can't say I trust Daz Cameron. I don't know. You know, we've seen some good at bats. We've seen some bad at bats. I think he's a pretty good defensive outfielder. I think we're almost sleeping on how good he can be in the field. But he just hasn't quite put it together. It's been like three going on four years now. We've been waiting for him to to break out. He had that bad 19, 2019 in AAA. I just, I just don't trust Daz Cameron to quite bring it all together. You know, I wish I knew what his defensive potential was, but I just I just feel like he just hasn't been he's not as flashy as someone else we're about to talk about, but I don't know, I just wish I could see more out of him, mm-hmm. but he's always hurt. He's a he's a knickknack injury guy, you know. This is true. And, you know, it stinks, but that's that's his situation right now and hopefully at the very least next season he doesn't start out injured and sort of like let that set the tone so uh robbie grossman yeah the epitome of trust along with jamer candelario there's a reason aj hinch loves robbie grossman it's because the guy's consistent he comes to work every day he gives you good at bats he plays a decent outfield couldn't ask for much more out of a guy like robbie grossman and players like him it seems true. like they they all respect him and you know that that's worth something as well uh, my boy, Derek Hill. Ooh, a hard one. I love watching the guy play. I think he's the most exciting player of all the 40 names we're going through here. But I can't say I trust them. We really haven't seen him hit in the big leagues for a prolonged period. Obviously, he had three separate IL stints, even when he was playing well this year. Only had 139 at-bats, in which he hit 259. Going to have to see him hit in the majors for a full season or at least, you know, uh, a couple hundred at bats before I can quite say I trust him as much as I want him to succeed. I think Tigers fans everywhere should be elated that you said no to this because it could be the reverse jinx after you jinxed him so many times. Probably almost all of these are. So uh, a lot of (laughs) these, yeah, a lot of these I'm probably going to hear about sometime next year when these guys I said I didn't trust have amazing years. Well, uh, a guy who kind of put his name in a, in a better light as the year went on, Victor Reyes. Okay, now that's another hard one because does he give you a good, consistent bats? You know what? I, I think he does. Oh, wait, no. He chases out of the zone all the time. He has very poor plate discipline, and his inability to walk is the reason he can't quite carve out a permanent role. Um, you know, good contact hitter, but doesn't hit for pop. And, and doesn't walk at all, so I don't trust him. I don't trust him to not swing at balls. And wrapping it up, Mr. A guy who, how many, was it three games? Was it less than that? Jacob Robson. Jacob Robson with seven at-bats, zero hits, one run scored. But let's look at his minor league career. This guy, 
Oh, uh, well, okay. He's, uh, oh. All right. Is it, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not sighing over Jacob Robson here. I'm shying over MLB.com, which is the worst baseball website for stats. It didn't bring me his career minor league batting average. Like I wanted to see Jacob Robson, another great story. One of those guys you hope gets a little more opportunity, whether it's with Detroit or someone else, but overall, um, I don't trust him. So I think the biggest takeaway from from this exercise is, is that, that I have trust issues. <laughs> you know, that's a good one. That's a good one. But I was going to say specific to the Tigers, uh, because I, I don't mention your love life anymore because you're more than that. So so that was you had to bring that part up. I wasn't going to do that. Uh Everyone's feeling really good about themselves in, in, in Tiger land, at least fans, you know, and, you know, AJ knows how much more work there is to do. People in the front mm-hmm. office know how much more work there is to do, but, you know, 77 and 85, everyone's feeling awesome, you know, yeah, we're, you know, we're right there, like, you know, we're Correa signing away, you know, and there's less than 15 guys on that 40 man wow. plus injuries that you said trust for, wow. and there were several that you, I could tell you wanted to trust, mm-hmm. but um, the bottom line is the bottom line. Um, you know? This has it, always been true. There's going to be a lot more turnover on this 40-man roster. Even in another three years, this team is is not going to look much like it looks today with the exception of hopefully Mize Manning and Scooble. Yeah, that's true. Um, sometimes... You know the, the the guys you come become attached to just you know flame out normally and 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 you got to move on you got to pivot and uh just just for sake we'll do two bonus Cody we'll do two bonus um and again take in whichever direction you want uh actually we'll do a three bonus Riley Green do you trust him big trust i've seen riley green do nothing but have success and look like a a star in the making a lot of trust in riley green yes spencer torkelson um i do trust spencer torkelson he's overcame his taste of failure in pro ball he's shown why he was considered maybe the most polished sure thing hitter since mark Teixeira in the draft I, i absolutely trust him i think this is a guy who uh, could get up in the middle of the night and hit the baseball. That's what he was born to do. This one might be easy, but it might be a good way to wrap up. A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch. Definitely a lot of trust in A.J. Hinch. I think we've covered that pretty transformative year as a manager. Huge impact on everything. And uh, his in-game management, at least this year, I mean, that can be a fickle thing to kind of try to evaluate, but he really had a knack for making the right moves at the right times. Some guys overmanage the team. I never thought AJ Hinch did that. I a lot of trust in him steering this ship forward for sure. Yeah, I very much look forward to as the team improves, as they get more, you know, pure bona fide hitters, I look forward to him sort of flashing his managerial muscle again and managing this team a completely different way. Like I I know he's going to do that because that's how great of a manager he is. And so I look forward to the day, I guess selfishly, where he doesn't have to call steals and 
you know, and you know, and the, like the small ball stuff where he, you know, he has the guys are good enough to where that's not needed anymore. Uh, so, but but we didn't have a whole lot of recent evidence that he was going to be a. Not that he couldn't do it, but I think the bigger thing is was he whether he was comfortable doing it, and mm-hmm. he proved that he was definitely comfortable doing that, and so that gives me not that I needed much of a selling point, but just that notion is as good an indicator, in my opinion, of what his potential is as a manager for these teams as they hopefully improve. Now, AJ did one hour on MLB Network Radio, um, and when it, w- it would be Tuesday the 26th. One hour. Still has not come on the podcast. My feelings, again, hurt. Wasn't even talking to anyone named Verlander this time. I guess I'm just going to have to uh, formally ask and, and see where that gets us. Yeah, well, uh, look, if the if the season doesn't start until July fourth next year, <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of time on our hands, and and AJ's gonna have a decent amount of time too, and so like you know, I I think time's on our side. He's obviously always welcome, and uh, and we we'd love to have him and just kind of pick his brain about baseball and and uh, and just you know. Going to Stanford, uh, being an athlete at Stanford, I'd love to know what that's like, you know. Uh, so I'd love to have him on. I think it'd be great. So hopefully that will be in the works. Hopefully Cody can get a sit down with uh, Chris Fetter um, as well. That would be this nice if uh, the, if the Tigers could could grant you that. And you know, a lot of great content on the Athletic seemingly the this 50 percent off sales never gonna end uh but uh i hope everyone's taking taking advantage of it i hope everyone kind of appreciated this fun little game we 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 played to kind of get through the valley of the off season and hopefully there'll be some traction in labor negotiations as we uh as we would like very much like to have a season be on time it would just be really terrible for any sort of organizational momentum to just get killed by a labor uh i don't know about strike or lockout what it technically would be but labor stoppage uh that would be uh that would not be ideal so hope you guys like i said enjoyed this subscribe on spotify and apple you can follow us on twitter he is at cody stavenhagen i am at kieran underscore steckley and our podcast page is at Turn Corner Pod. So once again, thank you very everybody for listening, and have a.